Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a solo episode and I have a topic I want to um, dive into. So let's have into it. Uh, the title of this is going to be the most common reason for your fat loss plateau. So uh, we'll talk about this in a second, but I did go over metabolic adaptation last week. So uh, these do kind of go hand in hand, um, but I thought this was a good way to kind of follow that up. So I'm sure you've been here before, right? You tracked everything, you did all your workouts, but still no progress, right? Maybe you're trying to to lose weight or whatever it may be, but you don't see any progress. Um, Or maybe you saw progress at first and now it's slowed down and it's impossible to come by. And so like I talked about, I talked about metabolic adaptation last week um, on the podcast. So look back at the last solo episode. I think that's episode 165. Um, And this is one reason why you could be seeing a plateau. Okay. Um, You know, our body does adapt to whatever you do to it. And the longer you're in fat loss, like you will see your, what was once your deficit, not be a deficit anymore. And you need to go lower to get to that deficit. Okay. Um, so that does happen. And that's certainly something that we need to keep in mind here with all this. Um, but there's also the misconception that people think they have a damaged metabolism, right? But again, if you go back and listen to that podcast episode, you will realize that people don't have a damaged metabolism. They just have a metabolism that is adapted to what they've been doing to it. Um, so again, I encourage you to go and listen to that episode or read the article that I wrote on it last week as well. However, chances are you are, if you are somebody that is seeing uh, kind of a plateau of sorts, um, you know, I see this with clients, people I've just talked to that are thinking about coaching or people that just reach out on Instagram. Um, you know, it doesn't, again, metabolic adaptation could be playing a role, but most of the time that is not the case. Okay. It's going to come down to this one thing. Right. And this is even something that even professionals like registered dietitians, like it's a mistake they make too. Okay. So, um, and I point that out because as I'm going to say throughout this, like what I'm about to talk about is it's not me calling you out or calling people liars or anything like that. It's just the fact that it is what it is. And again, science can back this up and, even professionals who, again, registered dietitians, they make this mistake as well. Okay. So it just shows that everybody's prone to it. Um, and so if you're trying to lean out and it's not working and we cannot actually take this again and even say, if you're not maintaining or you're not gaining weight as you would like, you probably are eating more than you think. Right. And this can also go to, you're probably eating less than you think if you're trying to gain weight, you're probably trying to eat more or less than you think if you're trying to maintain weight. Okay. Um, so with that out of the way, right, chances are you're probably not accurately tracking. Um, you know, just telling somebody to eat less is terrible advice and never actually works. Um, it goes deeper than that, right? Like we know that just saying, hey, just eat less isn't good advice. Like we, there's a lot of things that go into it. But in saying that, many people are simply not aware of how much uh, they are actually eating, okay? Um, there's many reasons for this. It's not just... So tracking is a skill. Okay. So like, that's the first thing tracking your food is a skill and that's a skill that takes time to develop and you're not going to be great at it right off the bat. So that's the first thing from there. Foods are just because like, 
a food, you look at the label and it says it have that much, that much calories in it. That doesn't mean it's actually going to have that amount of calories in it. Okay. Especially down to that exact calorie amount. They can have a, uh, it can be off by up to 20% either way. Okay. So like, I mean, I would imagine they probably are going to try to get away with putting less on the label than what's actually in there. Um, but you know, I, I don't know that for sure. I'm just speculating. So there's that as well. Okay. And then you also take into consideration when you go out to eat, like just because it freaking says that that's how many calories are in it. When you go out to eat, like the chances of that actually being that are very, very slim. Okay. So there's just a lot of ways to mess this up. And I think that that's the bigger issue. It's not that you're a liar or anything like that. You know, again, there are some people that do misreport and we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but it's also the fact that you just probably are like, you're probably not great at tracking, but also it's just easy to um, get this off or get, get it wrong. Okay. And so I want to talk about some of these studies that back this up. So Clark et al. from 1994, a study they did, they looked at a group, a group of women who claimed to be quote unquote small eaters. Um, and these small eaters could be described as someone who claims to be eating a small amount, but cannot seem to lose weight. Um, these small eaters claim to eat about 1300 calories per day, but when they used a technique called doubly labeled water method, and this is a very accurate way to find out how much uh, energy somebody actually consumes, um, they found that they were actually eating 20, almost 2,600 calories per day. So we're talking 50%, I mean, that are hundred percent, right? I mean, we're, that's almost double what they were actually, what they thought they were eating. Okay. Um, that's a big difference. We're not talking 200 calories here. We're talking almost double. And I think for some people, this 1340 to 20 to 2,600, like 2,600 probably is going to be a small surplus for very small people. Um, for some people, 2,600 is going to be maintenance. Uh, so it just really depends. I don't think it's going to be this massive surplus for many people, uh, just because I think maintenance is a large range. Uh, and so, uh, you know, but it's enough to where that's probably going to put you at maintenance at the very least. And it's, so you're going to not, you're not going to see weight loss. Right. And so what they did in this study too, is then they, they put them on like they for, I think it was 28 days. They actually put them on the calorie amount they thought they were eating. And guess what? They lost 1.6, 1.6 pounds per week after that. Okay. Once they actually put them on the calorie amount, they were, um, thought they were consuming or the, they put them on the amount they thought they were consuming pretty crazy. Right. So again, this just goes to show that Chances are, if you're not seeing weight loss as you want or weight change as you want, is it metabolic adaptation? Maybe, but the chances of that are probably very low. It probably comes down to adherence. And again, you're probably just eating more calories than what you think you are. So another study on dietitians uh, by Champagne et al. in 2002 showed that even nutrition professionals such as dietitians misreport their true intake by up to 200 calories per day. Now that's a small amount. That's not a big difference, but they're still off. And these are professionals, right? So I think if you took anybody, anybody I've had on this uh, podcast, you take myself, um, anyone, you know, Brandon, you take anybody that I've had on regularly, like I guarantee you our calories are off by 200 plus per day around there. Right. And we freaking live and breathe this stuff. Right. So uh, something to uh, take into consideration, right? And I, and I bring that up because I want you to realize that this isn't like, oh, hey, you're a bad person for this or you suck for misreporting. It's just like, this happens to everybody, okay? So that's really why I wanted to uh, point that out. And then another study by Lickman in 1992, and if you've listened, well, these episodes aren't out yet, but um, in our most recent roundtable, which you can find on Living Lean, 
uh, Jeremiah's podcast in the roundtable, we brought this up and this was a study Brandon was talking about. I was talking about the Clark study, but um, basically they found, again, same thing. These people thought they were diet resistant. Um, so they think they were eating uh, less than 1200 calories per day. So basically the kind of the background on this, some obese subjects repeatedly failed to lose weight, even though they report restricting their caloric intake to less than two, uh, 1200 calories per day. Um, so they basically, they had two explanations for this. The, the researchers did, um, low total, low total energy expenditure and under reporting of caloric intake. Um, so what they did is they had one group consisted of nine women and one man with a history of diet resistance. Um, and they evaluated total energy expenditure and, uh, thermogenic components in their actual intake for 14 days by indirect calometry, um, analysis of body composition group two, um, subgroups of which served as controls in the various evaluations consisted of 67 women and 13 men with no history of diet resistance results were they found that total energy expenditure and resting metabolic rate in the subjects subjects with diet resistance, uh, were within 5% of the predicted values for body composition. And there was no significant difference between groups one and two in the thermic effects of food and exercise. So what that tells you there is that, uh, they're, what they thought their resting metabolic rate would be and, uh, and whatnot was what you would predict it to be. Okay. So that wasn't necessarily lower, um, low energy expenditure was thus excluded as a mechanism of self self-reported diet resistance. In contrast, the subjects in group one underreported the actual food intake by an average of this is where it gets a little confusing, but I believe it's 47% plus or minus 16%. Um, and then in the people overreported their physical activity by up to 51%, um, give or take a little bit. So although the subjects in group one had no distinct physiopathologic characteristics, they perceived a genetic cause for their obesity, um, use thyroid medication at a high frequency and describe their even eating behaviors as relatively normal. So kind of the con conclusion here was that the failure of some obese subjects to lose weight while eating a diet they report as low in calories is due to an energy intake substantially higher than reported and an overestimation of physical activity, not to an abnormality in thermogenesis. So really interesting stuff here. Um, you know, again, another study, a big study that showed that, uh, you know, again, it was, it was the inaccuracies of this. Now this is from 1992. So I'm sure things were uh, a lot different then than what they were now in terms of tracking, but, uh, you know, we can see that, uh, this is an issue. So I wanted to kind of go over, uh, kind of the, basic, uh, the kind of the reportings they found. I just want to see here, um, real quick. Okay. So this is interesting. So the energy intake report by the subjects in group one during the 14 day study period was, uh, 1,028 plus or minus 148 kcal per day. Whereas their actual energy intake was 2,081 plus or minus 522 calories per day. Thus, these subjects significantly underreport their energy, energy intake by a group mean of almost 1,000 calories per day. These subjects underreported their energy intake even more if their total energy expenditure represents the long-term energy intake re required to maintain a stable weight. And even the people in group two actually underreported their energy intake as well. So super, super interesting there, right? So again, another study showing that people over-report physical activity, under-reports um, how much food they eat, right? And that's going to be make a big difference.
Um, so again, so the next time you tell yourself that there's no way you are, aren't overeating, just remember even professionals underestimate and some of these people are off by thousands of calories. In, I think I, I want to bring this up because it's a real problem, right? People will say, but my fitness pal says I need to eat more, or I think I'm eating too little. So my body doesn't want to lose any more body fat. However, this isn't likely the case. And, um, you know, I kind of give an example here. Dr. Nadolsky had a nice little, uh, cool post that he made a while back, uh, portion distortion. And like, if you just look at this, basically, uh, obviously I can't show you this on podcast, but it's just two bowls next to each other. One has 750 calories and one has 500 calories. And it's like, I mean, you could definitely tell the one on the left has more like food overall, but it really doesn't look like that much. And that's 250, uh, 250 calorie difference. Right. And that's going to add up. If you do that at every single meal, you know, you eat four meals a day, we're talking a thousand calories. That's definitely going to put you outside of uh, being in a uh, deficit. Right. Uh, so just again, want to allude to that. And again, there's another one here, same thing. It looks fairly similar. Um, again, you can definitely tell there's a little bit more food, but it's not that much food and it's a 250 calorie difference. Okay. So, uh, you know, again, just, you know, portion sizes, they, they do add up. Right. So I want to kind of talk about why I think, uh, all this kind of happens. Right. So a 2000 study, a 2000 study by Lafay et al showed that not all foods were equally underreported. And so guess what types of foods they found to be underreported the most? You guessed it. The foods considered quote unquote bad for health, right? So these think things like cookies, cakes, French fries, et cetera, right? Fried chips, all kinds of like snack foods. They were the foods that found to be reported less frequently and smaller portion sizes than what they actually consumed. Um, as you know, these foods are going to be high in calories and they really don't fill you up much. So they tend to be overeaten without you really even knowing it. And you still have that feeling that you're hungry. So it's like, you have a little bit, it's like, oh, you know, those don't really count. Right. But really that was like an extra 200, 300 calories that really didn't fill you up. So you really don't feel like you ate very much food, but really you added a lot of calories. Okay. And that's where these start to add up. And this is where this can be a problem. Okay. Um, this eventually leads to you eating a calorie amount that will either maintain your body weight or worst case lead to weight gain. Um, you know, 250 to 500 extra calories that you don't know about per day does add up over time. Okay. And then we start, you know, now we add in, Hey, maybe portion sizes are off. Maybe you're going out to eat a little bit more. So like all these things are going to add up. So again, this isn't like, Hey, you're bad. You know, you're probably underreporting. You're a liar. No, it's, Hey, we need to have this awareness because if you're not seeing the results you want, like you have to take responsibility here. It's super important that you do that. Um, but again, just kind of like go back on this, like the, again, it's typically the foods that are easy to overeat. And like, if you just don't track them, like the, those calories are going to add up super quickly. So like, I think that's where the, the biggest, the big issue is. And, you know, usually when I see some people's foods log, it's like, Oh, you know, and they're not seeing the weight loss. They want you look at it. And it's like, I mean, this is really good. And, you know, how are you not losing weight? But again, this is where it's like, you know, some people aren't reporting these, uh, maybe they're not putting in things like oils, um, uh, but again, I think the snacking and like, it's, it's, again, it's not even that people don't, they just think that those don't really matter, but they do. Right. So it's more like, Hey, I'm just going to log kind of, again, the healthy foods, which again, don't have a lot of calories. Uh, they are like, when you, when you just track your health foods, you will find that it's hard to get to the calorie amount. And you're like, wait, this doesn't make any sense to me. But again, it's because those foods are usually much tougher to, um, like the, the calories just don't add up as quickly, but you start adding in things like tastier foods. And then you're like, damn, okay. That's where all those, those calories are going. Right. Um, so if you are just tracking your health foods, like you are, I mean, it's good to track, right. What you can, but you are doing yourself a disservice if you're not tracking those uh, other things um, without. And again, too, the other thing that I want to on this, that people under report is like condiments and stuff. Like those are things that do add up. They do add a lot of 
they can potentially add a lot of calories, but you, again, you don't feel like you're adding a lot of food. Um, and same thing with like oils and, and stuff like that too. So again, like I said a little bit ago, the goal here is to make you aware of the problem, not to just tell you to eat less. And I think awareness is the biggest issue. It's not, again, it's not only to tell you to eat less, but it's also, Hey, like this isn't trying to bring you down or call you a liar. It's that, Hey, like this happens, this is a problem. Um, and we need to be aware of it. People will look at the scale number and let it overconsume them and decide what food choices they make for the day. Instead, use the scale feedback. If it isn't going down as you want, it doesn't mean you suck. It just means you need to take a look at yourself in the mirror and figure out what you can improve upon. Um, remember you are in control. Trying to convince yourself there's something else going on is only going to keep you stuck. You know, maybe there actually is something else going on, but focusing on what we cannot control gets us nowhere. So maybe you're now thinking, okay, I might be eating more than I think. How can I fix this? So really what I was trying to make the point there with that is that I think a lot of people, they, again, they think, oh, maybe it's metabolic adaptation. Oh, maybe I, uh, I have something wrong with me. And they'll, then they start to go down that rabbit hole and they're just like looking up all these things about what could potentially be wrong with them. Um, uh, is it metabolic adaptation? How does metabolic adaptation happen? Oh no, I'm screwed. And they, they focus all their energy on that when it's like, yo, the problem is over here. You're literally just letting it sit there and that's where you need to go to. But it's like, no, I, there's something wrong with me. And that's, I, I've seen that happen with multiple clients before where, look, again, I'm not saying that there can't potentially be something wrong. Maybe you have some sort of intolerance that you need to dive into a little bit more, but most of the time it's your food choices. And, and again, it's your, you're eating more than what you think you are. Cause again, calories are so easy to add up in today's world without you really having to without you eating much. And it's just super easy to get it up. So um, again, like I think the big thing here is I want to bring awareness to it because I want people to start focusing on like things that are going to actually help solve the problem and not, Oh, what's wrong with me. I need to go to all these doctors and um, they still can't figure out what's wrong with me. And then maybe they do find something, or maybe you come across some crazy thing where like, Oh, you need to do a detox. Hey, you need to get like, I just feel like, again, it's not, you're not, going to the the root of the problem um, at that point. Um, but, you know, maybe you listen to this now and you're like, oh, man, okay, that's right. I need to probably, I'm probably eating a little bit more than what I think I am. So how can we fix this? First thing, practice weighing out foods. Um, getting a food scale and portioning out foods can be super beneficial. This allows you to see what an actual portion size looks like. Looks like. You do not have to do this forever either, okay? So, but, you know, maybe weighing your foods every like three to six months for about four to eight weeks at a time is probably a good idea you know, you won't believe how quickly you can forget what a portion size look like. So looks like I'm such a hard time saying that, but again, practicing weighing out. I, I think people here practicing weighing out foods and they think, Oh, I got to lay out everything forever. No, uh, you don't have to do everything this forever, but again, just getting you, giving you an idea of what portion sizes look like. I guarantee you, especially these like tasty foods, you start portioning them out. You're going to be like, Oh dang. Okay. That's wow. Those portion, those serving sizes do add up quickly. I, you know, I thought I was only having one serving size. Um, and then all of a sudden it's actually three. And again, usually it's those foods that are super tasty. And like, you think that it's just one, but it's like actually multiple serving sizes. And so if you can start doing that, that's going to help with the portions. Right. And I gave that example too, of kind of, you couldn't see it because this is a podcast, but you know, uh, Dr. Nadolsky did the portion distortion and like small, a little bit, just small changes that, you know, you can definitely tell there's a little bit more food, but 250 calories, again, that's a big difference. So practice weighing out your foods that can be super helpful. 
stick to a consistent eating schedule. Um, you know, eating at different times each day and eating a different amount of meals each day is a sure way to ensure you will overeat by a lot. Um, by getting into some sort of routine in terms of how many meals you eat and what time this allows you to regulate your calorie intake much better. So I talk a lot about getting like getting this set up. And I think again, if you can just eat at the same times, you know what your meal, like you have meals at this time. Like, I just feel like that is really going to help you for one, get a good foundation, but you're also going to be less likely to overeat. The next one is limit going out to eat. Uh, most meals you eat when you go out are usually loaded with calories that you are not aware of, you know, think butter, dressing, sauces, et cetera, not to mention the portion size, portion size of these meals are on the larger side, making it tough to lean out if you eat too much. So sucks to hear, but you know, if you're not seeing the results, you want like, you're probably going to have to go out to eat less and make more food at home. Because again, it's just super easy to, to get, um, a ton of calories in when you go out to eat. Cause you know, this is something people don't think about again, just because they say that's how many calories are in it. Like the chances of that actually being true, if it's on the website, slim to none, in my opinion, you can get an idea, but again, it's going to be slim to none because it's going to depend on the chef. It's going to depend on how much they put in. They don't put the same amount of butter or whatever they, they do. They're going to do that differently each time. But the big thing is that they're trying to get you to come back. So they're not worried about you hitting your macros are worried about you coming back and how are they going to do that? They're going to make the food tasty as possible. What makes the food tasty as possible? Um, you know, adding things like butter, dressing, sauces, etc. Another thing you can do is eat with no distractions and slow down your eating. Uh, mindless eating while watching TV or working is a good way to ensure you will overeat, slow down and try to eat most of your meals undistracted at a table. Again, those are things where, and this is something I didn't even mention, but like if you do track your food and you forget to you do something tasty and you eat it while watching a movie or kind of while you're distracted, you're going to be less likely to actually track that as well. Cause you're just going to forget about it. So this is again, a thing where it's like, you forget to track your unhealthy foods, but you also just forget about it too. Right. Um, you just don't even think that you did it that day. Now, whether that's a way for you to cope with that or whatnot, either way, you forgot it. You didn't log it. Those are calories. They are going to count. doesn't matter if you log 1300 calories in my fitness pal, those calories still count for that day. Um, this kind of goes back to laying out food, but again, portion out your tasty treats, right? So either weigh it out or grab a bowl and put the tasty food in there compared to eating out of the bag. And then once you're finished, leave it be. This, this isn't guaranteed to work because you can just get up and get more, but it decreases the chance that you overeat. So again, portioning out your tasty foods rather than just eating from the bag um, or using a scale like I talked about can be super helpful. That's one thing that I'll do when I want something tasty is I'll portion it out and, you know, weigh it out. Sometimes it is sad because uh, like, man, that's it. But Again, that's a way to enjoy it, but moderate as well. I would say be careful with that because once you have a little bit of taste of these tasty foods, they're very tough to moderate. So last thing you do, just track everything. Those handful of chips or candy you had throughout the day need to be tracked just as much as your healthy lunch. Actually, it's probably more important to track those snacks. It's much easier to say you're not losing weight, eating healthy, but you're just hurting yourself by not tracking these foods. And worst of all, you're taking away your control that you do have. I think that's a big thing. You're just... Again, by saying, oh, I, I'm logging everything. It's like, you're just really just taking control out of your, of, you're just taking away your control. And I think it's super important to have that responsibility and control. You are in control. Um, so that's super important. Uh, but make sure you're tracking everything. Um, and honestly, like I said, it probably, like, if there's one thing to not track, it almost is those quote unquote healthy foods, because it's like, they're so hard to overeat. Uh that it's really not a big deal. I, I this reminds me of a conversation I, I had with somebody. They were talking about is this like 50 grams of broccoli or is it 100 grams? It's like, I mean, it really doesn't matter. Just put something in there because, like, at the end of the day, 
that difference there is not, it's going to be like the amount of calories you're going to be adding are going to be so small. Now, if we're talking 50 grams of like, uh, chips versus hundred grams of chips. Okay. Now, you know, you do want to get a little bit more accurate there with that, because that is going to be a massive difference in terms of like what the calories are going to be in it. Okay. So like, to me, it's almost more important to track the unhealthy food than it is to track the, the healthy foods. Okay. And just remember tracking is a skill, just like anything else. And you can get better with it over time. Um, one of the biggest things you can do to see the results you want is to take responsibility for seeing the results you want, then chances are there's something you're doing that can be improved upon. Um, I hope this helps you get there. Um, obviously if you struggle with this, you know, this is one of the main things we work on with our online clients. Okay. So if you're interested in my one-on-one coaching program, uh, the, the application is in the bio. Um, you can also reach out with any questions you have on it. Um, I am looking to add about one, two more clients here for, for this month. Um, so, you know, definitely hop on that. Uh, if you have any questions on it, let me know. But again, the bio is, uh, or the, the app is in my bio. Um, that's it for this week. Hopefully this was super helpful. Uh, again, if you guys have any questions on this, you can always reach out and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.